Welcome to episode 91 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC anime universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And uh, it's a very shy news week this week. There's basically nothing to talk about. Yes. But you had proposed this cool thing last week, and I basically was like, no, we well, don't have time. No, we, we were running long. <laughs> we were uh, running kind of long. And so I just kept telling you no all the way through the podcast and cutting it all out. But uh, Cameron, why, why don't you explain what we're going to do instead of news today before we okay. get things started? What's our little challenge here? Uh, so you, let me pull up all the audio clips because uh, I was not prepared. Uh, no. You mentioned a few weeks ago that when you hear the Fox fan flare, is that how you... Fanfare. Fanfare, yes. thank you. Yes, fan uh, flare is when you uh, just decorate all of your Disney shirts with sparkles. Yes, mm-hmm. like the one I'm wearing right now. Yeah, sparkles, um, pins. Uh, fanfare. Glitter, ribbons. The the kind of audio cue for the big movie studios. You mentioned that when you hear the Fox one, you automatically think you're about to watch Star Wars. And anytime it's not, I'm always a little bit disappointed. Yes. And so my question was, do you have another movie that resonates through the other studios? Okay. So I'm going to try and play. Can you please oh, shit, silence that's... your cell phones? <laughs> we are uh, running a professional that was my podcast. iPad. Um, I was wondering if you <laughs> I had. That, I thought that was you. <laughs> that was not me, because I'm a fucking professional. Um, I don't know. Okay. Uh, I was, I'm going to try and play the audio bits over the, the microphone. If, yeah, it, yeah. if it doesn't work, it, it'll come, do that it'll come through. Um, yeah. because our, uh, our cartoon cartoon segment oh came, came through very loud. We, I forgot we talked about that. When I went to edit the podcast, I, I like checked that section to make sure it all came through. And then I found myself taking breaks from editing to just listen to like the short version dun, of the cartoon. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. Cartoon, cartoon. Okay. So we had universal. <laughs> okay. Warner brothers, home entertainment, Columbia Pictures uh, and MGM are kind of okay. the, the big four. All right, let's, uh, let's hear them. So let's let's, let's hear them and see where my brain goes with this. And then, of yeah. course, I, I want to hear your answers as well. Yeah. Uh, this is not always about me. No, it is. Oh, good. I've always thought okay. so. So let's go with this guy. Let's see if there's an ad in front. Guess, uh, I guess it would have to be Back to the Future mm-hmm. or maybe Jurassic Park. Both great. So, because what the, um, for me though, when I think of, I'm going to try and pull this up here. When I think of Back to the Future, there's a different one, a more specific one. It was the uh, 75th anniversary. Okay. And that was always before um, Back to the Future Part 3. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna play that now on my end. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the rules are in terms of licensing. I don't really give a shit. I mean, we're not sponsored by anyone. Oh, okay. It's a little bit different, yeah. right? This this plays. I remember hearing this at Universal Studios Orlando when we went years and years ago, and I feel like it played around like the ET ride. I think so, because 1990 was when that 
fanfare was used. Okay. So, yeah. And that ride has not been updated since 1990. It's gone. The E.T. ride? At least no. the one here is. Oh, no, no. The one at Orlando. Oh, okay. God, yeah, I hope the, it's still there. Yeah, the one there is still there. Yeah, because yeah, I, I wrote the it one in here is like the February. mummy or some shit. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were just there. Yeah. Yeah, so I think of that. I think the normal Universal logo might be Jurassic Park, but that very specific one for me is uh, Back to the Future Part 3. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I either go uh, just pretty much anything Spielberg. I just kind of expect a Spielberg. That's true, actually, that. yeah. Or um, Rugrats in Paris. Oh, Because they course. play that in front of all the, the old Nickelodeon cartoons. Wait, no, that would have been... Th- wait, wouldn't that have been Paramount? Yes. Yeah. But Paramount yeah, doesn't Paramount have a... Viacom. It Par- doesn't have an intro. Yeah, it doesn't have a, a, a song attached to it. Right. It? Yeah. Right? And uh, there's yeah, no, there's no, no Paramount fanfare. It's just a logo. I think it, it's unique to the movie. Yeah. It usually mm-hmm. it overlaps with whatever the opening score of the movie is going to be. Yeah. Okay. Well, it still makes me think of Rugrats. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> what doesn't, though? Yeah, that's also very true. <laughs> okay, so we got... So, yeah, uni- anything Spielberg, really. Yeah, we got Universal down there. All right. Okay, so let's do uh, Columbia Pictures. Oh, okay. Make sure there's no ad in front of it. Okay. It's the Sony Columbia. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this will come as no surprise. Casino Royale. Okay. Very specifically Casino Royale. Uh, I thought maybe for a second my brain was going to go Charlie's Angels, the first one. Oh, I watched that movie a one. shitload when it came out. Still love that movie. Oh, it's great. But no, it's definitely Casino Royale because in my mind, when I hear that, the logo is in black and white. Okay. It's definitely Casino Royale. Uh, I'm going to make sure, just because you called me out on the last one, I'm going to make sure this is the same one I'm thinking of. <laughs> yeah. So for me, uh, I had to make sure because I know it's not a Sony product. Yeah. Uh, but it is. They still did play this in front of the movie. Uh, it makes me think of Space Jam. Oh, of course. Yeah. All oh, these. Good. By the way, all these are going to have some cartoon connection from the '90s because those are the ones that I watched the most. Yeah, that's your entire life. It is. Yeah. Yeah, and especially Space Jam. I'm a little bit worried because we're, we're almost at the point where we're out of the '90s in talking about cartoons, and I'm concerned your brain might just shut it out. Well, I mean, they're still static. That's true. And also, like, actual static in my <laughs> brain. just static. Blocks out everything else. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's either um, Space Jam or, and we double-check this movie is correct Space as well. Space Jam's a good one. Uh, there was a movie in 97 called Cats Don't Dance. Oh, I don't know if I ever actually saw that, but I know which movie you're referencing. I fucking loved that movie. Of course you did. It was so bizarre, and it's like glorified Hollywood with animals, <laughs> and it's amazing. Did you, okay, in that vein, did you ever see the movie uh, Rover Dangerfields? I have not. It is, it's from that, a very similar era, and again, it's a, it's a cartoon that has a lot to do with Hollywood. But it's a whole animated kids movie focused on the comedy personality of Rodney Dangerfield, but he's a dog. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> so he's just like a kind of Rowdy a pudgy... Rodney Dangerfield? What? Wait, not the no, wrestler? Not, not, no, oh, okay. 
That's isn't that Rowdy Roddy Piper? That's it. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, no, this is Rodney Dangerfield. Okay. You know, oh, no respect. He's always got the tie. Mm-hmm. Caddyshack. You've seen Caddyshack? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I know who you're talking about. Yes, now. exactly. Uh, but even the dog, like the dog, kind of has his look, and he's like a little bit on the pudgy side. He's like a beagle of some sorts, but he wears around like a red tie. Okay. And he's all constantly adjusting. Amazing. I watched that a lot as a kid. I should track that down. And re- you should. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Oh, God, what a classic. What an absolute classic. Okay, so next on the list, okay. we have MGM. Okay. So I'm saving Warner Brothers for last, yeah. since that's closest fit, to what fit, we actually fit, talk about. We're actually here to talk about. Yeah. So MGM logo. The This was probably, besides Disney, I think this was probably the first logo I remember seeing as a kid. Oh, you have it? No, I have something else. Something else. Yeah, I guess that's it. I feel like there was music attached to that, but I've been wrong about it. I mean, I I think for me that would just be Bond again, but not a specific one. Mm -hmm. um, There's, I guess I can bring it up. There was um, the 90s United Artist intro would always um, remind me of another Bond film, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, it doesn't really, like, connect with kind of like the, the first one. It doesn't really connect with a single movie. It's just, like, it's, uh, it's, anything it's, before 1980. <laughs> okay, let's see if this is the right one here. This sounds familiar. Yeah, and then for me, that would go straight into a Pierce Brosnan era Bond film. <laughs> so probably Tomorrow Never Dies is the one I've seen the most. Okay. Maybe like Wizard of Oz? Oh, uh, is that? That was MGM. Was that MGM way, mm-hmm. back, way back in the day? Yeah. Okay, so I have... I'll do this one at the end, so then... Okay, so then I'll pull up the uh, WB that one, Home Entertainment. Yeah, that has a very specific one for me. Oh, for I think for everyone. Let's see if this is the right one. Oh, my heart. Oh, see, oh there's another one, though. This is the, the 2017 one. Okay, there's... um. Oh, fuck, what would it be? Warner... Cause that's also okay. the one they hey, did. Right. Here we go. Here we go. This is the one I was definitely thinking of. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That was what I was about to pull up. Cause they just changed it. Bam, bam. And for me, that goes straight into the opening credits of Phantasm. Of course it does. Every single time. And whenever it's not, which to be fair, it rarely I'm watching something else that's other than that. Yeah. Again, it's a disappointment. Absolutely disappointment. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Disney's another one of those two that sometimes it's just cued from the movie itself or does it, it, there is the, the Disney fanfare, but I think that's hard to pinpoint a specific movie for yeah. me at least. Okay. But I have, I have one more and this is along these same lines and it's one of my all time favorite things. If ever I'm having a bad day, this is what I put on to make myself feel better. Oh my god. I hate you. 
Jared. <laughs> You're horrible. <laughs> I hate all of those, like, dubbed I, over. I love them so much. It's also the great Jurassic Park one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every time I hear it, uh, instantly feeling better about myself. <laughs> I think the, the Warner Brothers home entertainment, I mean, that's still Space Jam. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Now, for you, does the Fox fanfare, does it also have to be Star Wars? Do you have something else? I, oh my gosh. I mean, Star Wars is pretty high up there. I, I can't think of like a single, like a single movie mm-hmm. that I kind of expect after that. Oh, okay. I don't know. I mean, I watch so many movies now. That they all kind of. They all blend blur, together. Yeah, blend into each other. Yeah. I, um, yeah, it's always got to be Star Wars. I was, so I was really excited because when I went to go see Star Wars at the live orchestra at the bowl, mm-hmm. like my folks, they were in town. They played the, I guess it would have been like the Blu-ray released version, the special editions, which is kind of meh. But the nice thing about that is they played the Fox fanfare. That's awesome. Which I feel like you need. Yeah. You really do need that ahead of time. Or just, it's not quite the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think the iTunes versions of even the original six films now doesn't include the Fox fanfare. Yeah. So sad. It's heartbreaking. I know. Um, well, I suppose this actually makes sense. We'd spend so much time yeah. talking about sound. Shut up. <laughs> uh, Not in the mood for your segues right now. Force that segue there. Uh, because this week, we are talking about Shriek. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think one of the best villains in the Batman Beyond rogues gallery. I'm curious. Do you feel the same way, Cameron? I, I really like him, and I love his... I know he comes back, but I love how it ends this episode. Also, like, these two episodes have some of the best ending lines ever. Oh, my God. They really do, yeah. right? Yeah. Great moments capping these things off. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, Shriek is great. I think he has kind of a weaker intro. Yeah. Uh, but he's, like, a very formidable villain. Yeah. I think he's got a cool look. Yeah, I love his aesthetic. Great, great aesthetic. Um, yeah, I mean, and a great power set, too. Like, surprisingly diverse power set. I mean, it's like, oh, he's just like a sound guy. Yeah. But it's not just concussive waves. Like, I really like that um, sound absorbing yeah, technology. Yeah, the silencer. It sounds like that's so cool. Yeah. And I forgot that was in this episode until it, it got reintroduced. Mm-hmm. And they do a great job in the climax factoring that in there. Yeah. And um, I, I'd never seen his intro. And so the, the opening moment, I thought this was going to be a scarecrow knockoff because he talks about kind of, Oh, sound is the yeah. first thing that, that triggers your kind of reflexes. And he's basically scaring powers through just sound. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like, if they combine this with, like, fear toxin, that could be crazy. Well, because for a moment, I thought this might have been, even though I knew it was Shriek, I was like, wait, is this a Spellbinder episode? Do you mm-hmm. know who Spellbinder is? I, I probably seen her, yeah, but I don't remember. Him. him. So he, he has the, no, um, the orange and black kind of spiral looking pattern suit. And kind of like Scarecrow, he creates illusions. He basically hypnotizes you into like seeing illusions. So he, he's kind of the Scarecrow equivalent. But that opening scene did feel in, in the vein of a Scarecrow and a Spellbinder. I forgot that it was yeah. Shriek. Um, but yeah, I kind of wish that he would have played more with that. Like, I enjoy the concussive sound. Yeah. But just kind of like tricking him into hearing. I mean, we kind of get that with Bruce. Yeah. A little bit, with but hearing not, things that aren't really there. Yeah, but not done with the same theatricality. Yeah, it's a cool opening sequence mm-hmm. to start things off. Yeah, it's very like um, Mysterio from Spider-Man. Oh, like, okay. It's, like, super yeah. big theatrics. Yeah, big theatrical, like a whole production thing going on. Yeah, I did. 
Uh, I know we talked about this before, but Derek Powers continues to baffle me as to who he hires to kill people, like, as assassins. Yeah. He hires a sound engineer as an assassin. I, I feel like it's the people he hires are just the people... I feel like like he's he's so ruthless, but where he draws the line is he won't fire people. <laughs> and so it's just the people that he can't, he doesn't have the heart to fire them. So he's like, hey, here's, I'm just going to reposition you. I'll still pay you. You're still on the payroll, but I just need you to take out Bruce. It's Mr. His, Bruce Wayne. It's his one soft spot. Yeah. He's he just, just always, does not have the heart to fire anyone. He never has the heart to fire him, but he'll happily put him in a situation that'll eventually get them fired and probably arrested and possibly exactly. killed. Exactly. So it's, it's off his hands. That's true. It's, he doesn't have to carry that guilt around mm-hmm. all the time. Or he gets, or he, or the other side of it, he just really gets off on, on uh, playing the fifth. Oh, and so, like, yeah. He like, whenever he, he needs like his stimulation, he's like, just do it. I know you're going to get caught. Yeah. But I just love being so close to it, but not getting caught. Because he just, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I get that they were setting that up as a way for Shriek to be kind of sympathetic. I don't, I don't think he's a full on sympathetic motivation, but we at least know he's coming from a place of sort of innocence. Yeah. He's kind of, kind of forced to do this job. Sort of. I wish, I mean, I, I kind of wish he had more, he fought against it a little bit more. Yeah. Or just, or maybe. Like, what do you mean you want me to kill? Like, I, yeah. I built this to help the world. Yeah. He's like, oh, it'd be and great like, for construction. And you can tell he's super passionate about what he does. But yeah, I, I wanted maybe like a little bit more pressure from powers on him. Like, you have to do this. Yeah. Because it did seem weird to, like, from powers perspective to like make this guy do. Like, wouldn't you just take the suit and then hand it off to a thug? Yeah, yeah. Because then you could then you could show like how evil and manipulative powers actually is. If you're like, if you don't do this, you know, here's your family. Yeah, and I'm going to I don't know deport them. I don't know. <laughs> Bringing too many too many 2018 topics into this. Um, you know, I'm gonna. I, <laughs> He's gonna unfriend all of them on yeah. future Facebook. Yeah. He's like, you know, if you get like, I'm gonna fire you. I'm gonna destroy your company. I'm gonna bankrupt you. And then where is that going to leave you and your family? Yeah. Or even if it's just, even if it's just the tech, if I'm like, you love this stuff, if you don't go do this, like I have, like I own your company, I have every right to just seize everything because of my investment and kick you out and like, you'll never do this sort of stuff again. Yeah. That, that would have been just like a tiny bit more pressure to put on him mm-hmm. to make it work. Yeah. Cause he was very okay with it. Yeah. He's just kind of like, no, okay, fine. <laughs> If I have to, I guess I'll murder half, like, my other owner. Yeah. I guess I'll just go murder some septuagenarian. No yeah. problem. <laughs> I got no problem with it. I, I did like that we get a lot of Bruce in this episode. He's really yeah. front and center through the whole thing. Like, even showing up in the company and just yeah. shaming all like this, of them. It's, it's the first time in Beyond, at least, we see him doing anything business related. Yeah. Well, because uh, Terry makes the comments like, oh, it's so weird to see you out of the house, especially yeah. in daylight. And I think it go, it's cool because it's a, a kind of a subtle way to acknowledge that Terry has an effect on Bruce, right? It's not just Bruce training Terry how to be a better Batman or to like, be a better person. Terry is actually getting him to rejoin the world a little bit more, which is, it's cool. It's cool to see that there's a, a back and forth there. Yeah, absolutely. A little bit. Yeah, and plus, anytime we get Bruce interacting with the world, it's a great thing. Yeah. Yelling at shareholders yelling at nurses yeah yelling at uh, people on the street just flipping everyone 
Yeah. Dude's tough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he can throw people around. Still. I, you know, I also like, too, that we spent some time in the, the old part of Gotham. That scene where he and Terry are walking through Crime Alley mm-hmm. in the, the old theater. And Terry asks him, like, why, why wouldn't you just want to tear this down so you for, can forget? It's like, oh, would you would want you to want to forget? Yeah, that was and, so good. And it and again, it's it's a nice reminder of what the commonality is between them and why they both do this. Right. I think we see them start to like each other over the course of the show, but that's the thing that's always going to keep it going is that they have this this shared pain. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Um, a little tired over there, Cam. A little bit. A little, um, little knuckle hangover. A little knuckle <laughs> hangover. Uh, if you guys can't tell, I I am still fighting a, a, a sickness. Are you um, down with the sickness? I'm not down with the sickness. The sickness is down with me. <laughs> um, yeah, so he was he in the old police department? Yeah, that was the old GCPD building. Okay. I, I missed you, you the You didn't lettering. get that from just the, the street lamps outside? Mm-hmm. When they paused on the broken street lamps, that wasn't enough for you to remember no, a building that we rarely visit the front door of? Right. Yeah. I mean, if they had shot, if they'd shot it from, like, the roof down, I think I would have caught it. Yeah. That's true. I mean... We didn't. We did see the the wide shot of the building as it collapsed. We didn't really get a chance to see whether the bat signal was still open up there or not. You think they would have moved it? I don't know where. That's a good point, actually. Oh yeah, when they would have switched. Yeah, you know. Okay, so I mean, if I mean Barbara's running it now, I feel like she would have it in like either in a museum or it would still be there as an nostalgic oh, but she, thing. She kind of hates Bruce. Like they all hate Bruce. Yeah, but it's. I feel like that's a connection to her dad, though. Um, okay, yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. She may have just even kept it. Yeah, I could also see that. Yeah. I imagine her, like, one-bedroom apartment. <laughs> it's just, like, it's, it's not, it's, it looks like a studio when you walk in. Yeah. And there's the hidden door, and behind it is just the giant bat signal. It's the only thing in the room. Have you ever seen any of the 60s TV show where we see Batgirl's, like, secret compartment? No, I don't think I saw any episodes with her. So I haven't watched the show in a long time, but I just went back again to the Hollywood Museum to look at the 60s Batman exhibit with my parents. And so they have the clip of the reveal of Barbara's um, like secret room inside her apartment. And of course, the, the narration like, what's this? A secret compartment? Barbara Gordon's also Batgirl? What? And it, it's great because the, the whole wall rotates. And then the on the back side of it is her costume hanging up and like some gadgets and stuff like that, and also a vanity for her to sit down at to like yeah. get her costume on. My favorite part of it is the the wall rotates, but then there's a mirror within the wall that rotates the opposite way and just oh. stays as a mirror. Good. Like Amazing. if there's not something on the other side of the mirror, the mirror just rotates all the way around and becomes a normal mirror again, but on the secret compartment side of it. I like to think that uh, animated Barbara has one of those as well. But behind the wall is just a bat signal. Yes. Costume's long gone. Mirror's still there, but also the bat signal. I feel like that's a very, like, Scooby-Doo thing. Yeah. Where, like, every every secret room was the same thing on the other side of the of the rotating wall. Yeah, it's just, it just rotates to rotate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's how you know it's a secret passageway, because then it's like, it just flips back around. It's so quick. Well, I mean, it's, it's actually, if you think about it, it's time-saving. It is. Because... Otherwise, it's rotated all the way around. Right. And that that's how you get caught. Yeah. And that's time. how you know there's a secret door there. Right. Gotta be cl- careful mm-hmm. about this. You know, mm-hmm. your sliding walls have to be perfectly flush with the rest of the wall. Yes. Don't know how they pull that off. With they no just do. wind. No wind. Or, or breeze coming <laughs> or from sound. any... Yeah. <laughs> Emanating Or bats it. getting caught in... <laughs> caught in, in it. Faces. Yes. Uh, yeah, but um, 
No, I like I like. Unless being... you have a butler to clean that out. Oh, of course. Right. Yeah. Because that's what we it's talked just... about before. It's like that, that that happened all the time, but Alfred was there to to clean the bats out. That bat has been in that clock for like thirty years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it, it was fun to get to go back to the old. GCPD building. Mm-hmm. Um, see the Joker poster. See the Joker poster. I did think it's so funny that when Shriek starts to attack, obviously Ace hears it, and so he goes running off. But also, I love that Terry bothered to change into his bat suit before going and pulling Bruce out of an actively crumbling building. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Be prepared at all times. How often do you think he like? changes into it when it doesn't need like when he doesn't need to be batman oh all the time yeah but i imagine per his training per his uh like we're talking about him having to clean the glass cases instead of the bat cave and all the dusting yeah he probably spent a week alone just doing time trials see how fast he could put on that oh i mean i'm sure they even brought in like zatanna or zatanna jr yeah to to teach him quick changes yeah it's like okay you have until the smoke clears go yeah and every time he messed up he had to go wash the limo. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> or well, first dirty it and then wash it again. Yeah. He, he actually, like, let Zatanna or Zatanna Jr. go on a joyride for, like, a minute, and then he had to clean up what happened. Zatanlet. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so then, you know, Bruce, like, gets injured and ends up in the hospital. And then I really like this whole sequence, too, of Shriek trying to still kill him by making him go crazy. Yeah. Because that's actually a really good plan. Because either it works and Bruce kills himself, or it doesn't work and everyone just assumes he's crazy, in which case, Dare can still get away with what he needs to do. Right. Powers and I are not on a first-name basis. I shall refer oh, to him only as Derek. Are. Of course you guys are. Yeah, we're buds. Yeah. You're the villain of this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Obviously. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I'm... Because, again, it's like we talked about at the beginning. It's a very Scarecrow thing to do. It I is. I can see, like, uh, like, Scarecrow and Mad Hatter teaming up for mm-hmm. this plan. Now, uh, I know we've talked about this before, but you still haven't read The Long Halloween, right? No. So then you haven't read Dark Victory. No. Nope. There's, not with Bruce, there's a similar L- idea there of trying to convince someone they're crazy by having voices play in their head. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, then this may have been a reference to that, or it could have just been coincidence. I'm not sure. But it immediately reminded me of that. Okay. Those of you who have actually read that comic will know what I'm referring to. I'm getting there. All right? I'm getting there. <laughs> What's going to happen when you read all the things that I've been giving you shit for? Then I will be all powerful and almighty. <laughs> then I will be the one dishing out the shit. <laughs> so, so much deserved. Um, but yeah, um, and I also love the... So when the, before we get the the like mind manipulation mm-hmm. um terry's like just raises oh. too many questions yeah mm-hmm. well terry's like oh i'll figure this out like you don't like you stay here i'll get this done and he's like you're not a detective and i love terry trying to be i mean he, yeah. he is like he is a successful detective but you see the struggles yeah like, he's not as like instant he- He's good, but not great. Yeah. Like, he knows the Bat computer can scan this stuff, but he doesn't really know how to use mm-hmm. the Bat computer. Also, my favorite thing about that is that it it is not only... It is a super advanced voice command, because it doesn't... It, he didn't activate it off of a specific command, like, do a spectrographic analysis. The yeah. computer interpreted what he meant to say, and like, oh, you mean this thing? Yeah. And then... Super advanced still prints out a paper copy. Oh, I think... I imagine that... After Alfred died, 
Bruce programmed in SAS into the computer just so we could have Alfred SAS still around. So you wouldn't feel quite so lonely? Yeah. And I think that's also the writer's way of getting that character still in. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, it's a much more, obviously, like, robotic version, but yeah. you can still have that, like, like... I like I don't fully understand what you're trying to do right now, Master Wayne. Like, yeah. Can you simplify that for me? Do you think it would have been cool, like a good idea, if they had made the voice, the bad computer, Alfred's voice, they brought back Ephraim Zimbalist Jr., or that would have been too weird? I think it would have been too weird. Mm, yeah, probably. It would have been a little bit too uh, Batman and Robin, where he like weirdly creates that like algorithm recreation yeah. in the bad computer. and. Tells his niece to strip down and put on a Batgirl suit. Yes. Mm. In front of the camera, please. In front of the <laughs> yes. Can you shift slightly to the left? Excuse me, excuse me, Alicia Silverstone. Can yeah. you just three <laughs> steps to the left? Yeah. Thank you. Well, Thank the, you, Cher. Yeah. Well, the Joel Schumacher Batcave is filled with a lot of cameras at crotch height. Yep. So you got to get that like rubber butt shot in <laughs> every chance possible. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you, Cher. <laughs> Thank you. Um, then it was also great seeing how... Terry not in the bat suit works as a detective because Bruce, yeah. like we always know, Bruce has his million costumes, his matches Malone's, yeah, uh, and also just the power of Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. that Terry does not have. No, and so it's it was really cool to see him work around that and play to his strengths. He's a teenager. What's the the one stereotype job for all teenagers? Pizza, pizza delivery boy. Pizza delivery boy with a, a weird New York accent. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you got to have the New York accent. <laughs> That's what really sells it. Yeah. I don't think I've ever had a pizza delivery boy not have a New York accent. Weirdly enough, though, it was a Chicago deep dish pizza, but he had a New York accent. Yeah, exactly. Mm. <laughs> Suspect. I think Shriek should have caught on to that. Yeah, it's like, wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> Where did this pizza come from? Uh, Mikey's. Mm, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know any Mikey's in Chicago. <laughs> not since the great Mikey ban. Yeah. Oh, of, man. Of 2020. Of, 20, of 2019. <laughs> Coming up on that soon. We are, yeah. I'm sorry. All the Michaels in Chicago, get the fuck out. There was get a, ready. There was a great um, college humor bit a few years ago. Uh, it's just titled, Stop Naming Your Kids Michael. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, uh, the head writer of college humor is Michael Trapp. Okay. Uh, or Mike Trapp. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about like every famous Michael in history. He's like, we have enough. Yeah. Just stop. Michael we're, Keaton, we're so Michael Caine. We're so many. Michael we now McKean. have two famous Michael Jordans. Oh, fuck. You're right. We yeah. do. It's too much. It is. Well, it's the B-side. We have a B-side Michael Jordan. Damn you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's not only everyone's first name. It's also everyone's middle name. Yeah. It's my middle name. Of course it is. I know... Two other Christopher Michaels. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yes. Yeah, I, I love that bit so much. Please it, tell it's me, so flat and blatant. Your middle name's not Michael, right? No, you know my middle name. It's my design name. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's what right. I go by on the podcast. Spoiler for everyone, Dexter's not my real last name. <laughs> I, it's I, my middle name. I had forgotten it was your middle name. I thought it, I just, I think in my mind that's always been a reference to Dexter's lab. That's what it was when I was growing up. I like as a in elementary school. I was like, like super oh. excited because your middle name was also like one of your favorite characters. Well, that yeah, in, in elementary school, that's what every kid thought. It's like, oh, did your parents name you after Dexter's Lab, which came out like three years after I was born. Yeah, I'm like yeah, exactly, because I love cartoons. You do love them that much. You would I do. you would insist your parents legally change your name as a child, and I did. Yeah, well, at the tender age of four. Yeah. 
Well, someone asked me recently if I was named after Christopher Robin, and I think I was actually. Okay. I was supposed to be Sean Christopher, which one sounds like a gay porn name, but two, they changed it the last minute and it became Christopher Michael. But I think the Christopher was from Christopher Robin, actually. Okay. I don't That's know. Cool. Yeah. I have a very easy way to check this, but I'm not going to do it right now. Yeah. One of the, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw my friend under the bus for a minute. Uh, my That's what friend, we do here. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll say his name, Jeff. Uh, Fucking Jeff. Jeff. I love Jeff to death. But we've known each other since freshman year of high school. Okay. He's getting married soon. And uh, he made a list of all of the groomsmen. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, in his, I'm in his party. Uh, and he's like, Cameron, I just wanted to double check. Dex is not actually your last name, is it? <laughs> and I'm like, Jeff, we've known each other for 10 years. I've only been using this name for like two. Like... <laughs> It's not even my Facebook name. My Facebook name is my is actual your, name. Is your real name. I know. What he was using to communicate it's with Instagram. us. Instagram. And I'm like, Jeff. Jeff. Come on. Sweet, sweet daft Jeff. Sweet, sweet Jeffrey. <laughs> uh, I don't know how far behind he is on this. Hopefully he listens to this after the wedding. Right. <laughs> All of a sudden you're just not part of the wedding party anymore. Yeah. <laughs> or to get revenge, he just refers to you as Cameron Dexter on the invitation. That's fine. On the, the I'm totally card fine with that. At the wedding itself. Yeah, I don't feel any shame with that. No, it's a great name. It is. It it's is. a very designer name. I love it. I love it too. Yeah. I mean, I would never go by anything other than my last name because no, because it's a great last name. It's like it's, it's a great last name. Yeah. It's like accounts for a good seventy percent of my ego. Brown is a very common last name. Yeah. And so I'm like meh. But Doc Brown. That's true. Yeah. Bad bad Leroy Brown. Yeah. Baddest cat in the old damn town. Mm-hmm. See. Some good brands in history. Got, got two of a million. <laughs> yeah. It's like the fifth most common last name in America. Is it? It's it's in the top ten. Oh damn. Uh because I'm brown and then my cousin is my cousins are Smiths. Oh, oh yeah. Jesus. So we're just white as white can be. Yeah. Oh wait, I'm I'm look, I'm look, I'm looking this up now. Most common last names <laughs> in America. I wanna look at I wanna look at it's, this it's Okay, like here we go. Brown Johnson not Brown, sorry, Smith Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um that's all I got. Williams. Yeah. Jones. Mm-hmm. Brown. Oh. Davis. Miller. Wilson. Are the Wilson, top, really? Wilson, I don't think I've met a Wilson. Ones. I know a Wilson. I think I know most of Wilsons, actually. I know a Wade Wilson. <laughs> I know a Slade. <laughs> Slade. <laughs> Slade. Such a great movie. Ah, we so, should talk about that we should, talk, we, should, we should talk about that some more. Um... But I I do love them trying to trick Bruce into going crazy. I love all right the episode. Batman yeah the thing we're here to talk about <laughs> Batman breaking him out, um, and then that great fight sequence inside the the manufacturer like the car manufacturer and when he deploys that silencing technology, it's a great moment. Yeah, well it's also a good setup too because he's super clever about like tuning everything else out and then just honing in on the footsteps. Yeah, which is a great strategy when you have that capability. It's fantastic mm-hmm. and just it's. What I liked about how they handled his power set is for something that is grounded in sound, they made it still very visual. Yeah. I mean, one, he has a great look, but even just like when the sound waves blast things, and even just watching with no sound makes it feel different and makes it feel dynamic. I I love when you get fight scenes that take away like one element. Yeah. Because it's kind of like what they talk about with senses. When you take away one, the rest get heightened. Yeah. And fight scenes are the exact same way. This reminded me so much of the the black and white fight scene from Samurai Jack. 
I've never watched Samurai Jack. Oh, you, I mean, just watch this fight scene. Uh, that's actually one see. of those shows that I, I really do want to go watch at some point. Because I, I love, mm-hmm. is it um, Gendy Tarkovsky? Yeah. Yeah. I love his stuff. Yeah. And like Samurai, like this episode, I think is his like opus of fight scenes. Okay. Because it's, I, I'll, I'll play it for you after the after Okay. Yeah. I got to watch this. Yeah. Because uh, it's unbelievable. Was the, the the fourth? It was the fourth season. They just did the the new was the new one, right? Uh, yes. Was it as good as the old stuff? It, even it better. Even better. Yeah. I mean, I, I, just, I would honestly say you can probably watch just season one, and then jump straight to season four. I can't do that. You, you know, I can't. I do know, that. but like, I just want you to watch the last season because okay. the last season is. So, and honestly, like, if they didn't have callbacks in the last few episodes of season four, mm-hmm. I would say just skip, just skip the it. first three. You know, I think season four is so good. I think it's all on Hulu and I'm almost cut up almost a year later on season three of Rick and Morty. So once okay. I'm done with that, I will, I'll make that my new show since I'm not going to be watching my hero at academia. It's fine. I will watch Samurai Jack instead. Yeah. This is some form of appeasement there. Yeah. All right. Um, but so the, the, the fight scenes going on and Terry can't hear anything. But then what I love is that Ace can. Mm-hmm. So Ace jumps in and saves Terry from getting hit by the truck, which is like, it's the first bonding moment between the two of them. I know. He finally accepts him. Yeah. And they're going to they're gonna have more. They, they actually develop a really sweet relationship over the course of the series. That's good. I know. I love that dog. Mm-hmm. I love Ace. Scooby. Called Scooby. Yeah. Yeah. But and then, of course, the very ironic end, which is when Terry destroys the, um, the silencer device. Shriek has uh, his own audio tuned way up to hear him, and he gets... He, I mean, I guess he goes deaf, but actually what he gets is just severe tinnitus. Yeah. Which I cannot think of tinnitus and not think of Archer at this point. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... Mop. Mop. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Um, yeah, and it, it's such a bittersweet ending. Yeah. For I mean, obviously, to come back. Yeah. Well, but... and what I like, too, is that it... it, it it evolves the villain over the course of the episode too, you know, because yeah. he starts off being kind of down on his luck ish, but like, he's just doing his thing. He's drawn into this world. He gets really screwed over by powers, but you know, for him, the most tangible thing is that Batman took away his hearing with yeah. his whole life. Um, and of course we'll see him come back in later with that as motivation, yeah. which is cool. As I like when they find good ways to keep characters around and also bring them back for, for well, more. even, even his, kind of interaction with powers afterwards. So after the first interaction between Terry and Shriek, mm-hmm. um, when the cops come and oh, Shriek goes yeah. to Powers' office, he's like, you've taken everything from me. You've taken my name. You've taken my face. <laughs> powers is the great line of like, you didn't lose much with the face. The face. No, he really didn't. He's yeah. not a great look going on. And he talks about how like power, power is power. Yeah. And like, I've, I've given you more than you could ever ask for. Mm-hmm. And then just when Shriek thinks he's lost everything, Batman does come and take the last like, thing. Yeah. The most, like the most important thing from the him thing as a him. sound engineer. He, yeah. Like his whole life is now gone. Yeah. Also, I love that powers could have a side career naming supervillains. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't think he names any more of them, but he's got two pretty good ones right off the bat. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, oh, like in, um, is it Young Justice? No. Yeah, it's Young Justice where uh, Kid Flash always names the villains. No, no it's uh, it's Flash. Cisco always names the villains. Yes. Yeah. Derek Powers is the Cisco of the DC animated yes, universe. Yes, exactly. 100% parallel <laughs> this, to parallel. This is what we've learned today. Yes. Um, but yeah, and then it, it all closed off with that 
that great sequence of uh, Powers getting voted down for his redevelopment project, so Crime Alley will, will continue on, and I imagine Bruce will probably do something to try and like, renovate it or, or make it a historical site or something. Yeah. But then when Perry asked him, how did you know you weren't going crazy? It's like, well, that's not how I refer to myself. Yeah. Like, <sighs> like, well, how do you... And it gives him the face. It's like, oh, but that's my name it's now. my name now. Not in my head. Bitch. Yeah. So, so good. Like, that's such a good... It's, it it's, is a great beat to end the whole thing. Yeah, on. and it says so much about Bruce. It does. Yeah, I mean, that's who he's always been. That's his most, uh, most authentic version. Yeah. Um, and it, it gives you even a, a bit of a sense of, in some ways, how challenging this whole thing must be for him. Like, that is his identity. He's willfully handed off to somebody else. Yeah. Um, and so you can see that for him... Terry has this impossible standard to live up to. Of like, you have to be as good as I am. Mm-hmm. And Bruce's thing was he was always the best. It's the reason he has, like, no relationship left with anyone from the new Batman Adventures or even Justice League at this point. Yeah. He's got nobody. And I think it, like, on that point, it connects so much to the next episode. Yeah. Where Terry and him get in a fight of, like, you're just jealous that I have a social life. Yeah, right? It's like, I actually want to go and, like, live my own life. And you just want to sit here in the dark and be a lonely, bitter old man. Yeah. Um, it's like, I don't want to, I have to. Yeah. I mean, we, I, this was a really, really good week in terms of episodes. Cause I had forgotten that then after Shriek was the Royal Flush Gang. Yeah. Might be my favorite villains from Batman They're Beyond. They're so good. I, I've always loved the Royal Flush Gang. Yeah. Cause, so, cause this is, so they existed in the comics before. I think we were trying to figure that out. Like maybe like last week we couldn't remember. So yeah. I, I looked them up. So yeah, they, they go all the way back to like JLU comics from the 60s okay that makes sense um yeah from like march of 1966 but this is their first appearance in the dcau which is interesting for a number of reasons because one that also means that this is the first batman beyond villain based off of a batman villain that was never mm-hmm. in batman was, was the royal flesh game a batman i mean i guess they, they weren't specifically i guess that's true they weren't specifically <laughs> a batman villain but it's I guess I always thought they were Flash first. I don't I know why they I were Justice that. League, Justice okay. League, and then I guess Green Lantern. They were kind of associated. Yeah. With them. But I guess what I meant by that was this is the first, like, comics yeah. villain that was introduced in Batman Beyond before it was ever introduced in Batman. Mm-hmm. Well, it's one that makes sense because yeah. they kind of explain why they're still around. Oh yeah, and then so I, I made a whole little Instagram story about this today. You probably don't happen to know who the voice of King was. I, I looked it up because I saw the story. Okay. It's, it's uh, the James, oh, John, uh, Jimmy Lazenby. Let me just center myself for a second here so I don't strangle you. It's one of the Bonds, right? It is. It is yeah. George Lazenby. George. <laughs> Jim, the, James. Yes. James Bond actor, George Lazenby. Got it. Uh, George Lazenby was, of course, Bond in On Her Majesty's Service. Yes. Replacing Sean Connery after he hated the Japanese so much that he left the franchise. Great. Great reason. Um, and he only did the one. I've always had a soft spot for him. I, I didn't get to meet him, but I got to go to a screening of that film recently where he attended and uh, did a Q&A and is just, just this total cad. Um, but I was so, so excited. And I've forgotten, too that he very specifically makes that line, like use that line, we have all the time in the world, because that's a whole running piece of On Her Majesty's Good Service. Have you seen that one? I've not. It, I mean, legitimately. Just just assume I've only seen Casino Royale, Casino Royale and, and the, uh, the Craigs. 
And some of the Brosnans. I mean, just the Craigs. Just the Craigs. Um, I got seen. I've seen Tomorrow Never Dies. I couldn't tell you a single fact except the intro was done by Madonna. That's oh. Is that not Tomorrow Never Dies? That's, that's Die Another Day. That's, another day. that's, what, <laughs> that's what I've seen. Uh, don't ask me any facts, because clearly <laughs> I don't, don't know, know anything. Is this, is this how you feel? Constantly. <laughs> constantly, Chris. <laughs> I don't even have to fit it. I was going to say with anime, but it's just yes, all the time. Constantly. Not even with you. Just with everyone. You just you feel like you're surrounded by idiots. I mean, you you remember uh, after <laughs> I guess yeah it was WonderCon when we were waiting for Matt because uh, we were at the bar. Oh yeah, uh, and Matt shows up and we just go like immediately go on a ten minute just like nerd off about what was it? it I don't even remember about what it was just up, everything about all the all the and things. you were sitting there and she's like, "Am I holding you back?" <laughs> I'm like, "Yes." Oh, that's right. I, I, I came to realize. <laughs> That my being your friend prevents you from being your most authentic <laughs> self. Holy shit, I am the villain of the podcast. Yeah. Well, it's that it's that moment <laughs> in uh, in Young Justice where uh, Impulse and Flash meet. <clears throat> oh, and they start yeah. talking at supersonic speed. Yeah. And like, can you like slow down for us? He's like, sorry, I don't get an, I don't get an, uh, a chance very often to talk at my normal speed. I usually have to slow down for you all. And that oh, is how I feel. You're always slowing down for me. Well, I, I do appreciate I'm, it. I'm holding back so many references <laughs> at all times. You're just a, a reference dam waiting to burst. Yes. Well, well, I'm glad I now have a better <laughs> understanding of how you feel all the time. Because, yes, obviously for me, James Bond is, is my number one fandom yeah. of all time. And so the, the theme song... So not the title sequence theme song, but the theme song from On Her Majesty's Good Service was We Have All the Time in the World by Louis Armstrong. Okay. Oh. Um, and it has a very particular significance with Tracy, who is the Bond girl of that film. Got it. I guess it's, I can't really spoil a 50-year-old film, but if you haven't seen it, it's worth watching without me telling you what happens. Um, but I was delightfully surprised to, uh, to have that line there because I had missed that. Um, but another thing I, I noticed is the the opening scene of this episode when the the Royal Flush Gang attacks that pretentious yacht club thing. Uh, it's daylight. It is. And Terry's operating daylight as well. Yeah. And I guess I think this is the first time we've seen him do that. Um, that I can recall. Well, he did it in the very first episode. It was still daylight. When, uh, when he first dons the bat suit. Oh, right, yeah, when, he, when he flies off to go back to Wayne Powers. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it was like <laughs> dusk, but I, I kind of realized it after the fact, and then I also realized this actually it kind of works. Terry, even though in some ways this is a darker world and he's in a, a visually a darker suit, him being out during daylight because he's generally a lighter character yeah. worked for me. Also, and also, he can make himself invisible. That also is a big thing. So he doesn't have to hide in the shadows. Yeah, and also this whole this whole series is just a complete rip off of Spider Man. So it also makes sense that yeah. he would be out during the daylight. Because my question was, why isn't he in school? I assumed it was a weekend. I assumed he's just a bad student. That is also true. Or also, Wayne has all the power to be like, I need him. Yeah. He he passed this test. Here's a hundred dollars. Bruce just pays someone who looks like Terry. <laughs> I would Who's not in a be wig to just sit there and like take tests for him. Yeah, he has a line of he has a line of kids that he once mm -hmm. thought would be the next Robin. Yeah, 
and now he has nothing to do with that list. And so he just like scrolls through. He's like, you kind of look like Terry. This, yeah. These kind of look like Terry. So he sends them off. Like one goes on a date with Dana. One goes to school. One goes and plays with his little brother. Mm-hmm. One just like hangs out with his mom. And he only hires actors because he hasn't yet perfected robot technology. Because Bruce would absolutely choose to deal with robots over people. But he refuses to ask Superman how he does it. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, 100%. They're, not, they're not on speaking terms anymore. Of course. Yeah. They're, they, they haven't spoken in, in mm-hmm. decades, probably. But I mean, Superman had this technology back when Bruce was still being yeah. Batman. You know, I bet Bruce had it first. But didn't perfect it, and then Superman just showed up with it, and he's like, "Motherfucker! God damn it! He used he used my tech. I'll just use orphans. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Fuck it. I'll just." <laughs> it's just Bruce just goes down to the basement and cracks open a vat of orphans, <laughs> <laughs> just grabs a couple and throws some scraps the rest and recloses it. Yeah, I mean that's what Alfred has to take care of constantly. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that well is really dried up since Alfred passed. That's true. No one's there to take care of the orphans yeah. anymore. He's got to build his own orphanarium. Nope, wrong word. Orphanage. No, it's an orphanarium. <laughs> Absolutely. It's in the future. Yeah. All orphanages are orphanariums in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so... But uh, I, I just... I really like the Royal Flush Gang. I think they're, they're such an interesting group. One, mm-hmm. I think they have a cool look. They're themed, which I always love. There's, is Ace always the superhuman one? I think so. So I mean, he's he's a robot in this. I'm pretty okay. sure. I think he's definitely shown to be a robot in a later appearance, but it's heavily implied here that he's, he's not a, human. He's a robot. Um. So okay, and I, that actually comes from the comic. So because I did do a little bit of research on the the Royal Flush Gang, and so the, um. The original ones were like themed around like clubs, and the second iteration was was spades. But I I have to real quickly go through the character descriptions of the second version, so the spades version of the okay. Royal Flush Gang. Um, so this was the one that was created by Hector Hammond, who's a Green Lantern villain, the one from the movie. Yeah. So first off, we have King, who's Joe Carney, uh, and he's the so-called King of Hobos. Amazing. Uh, who happens to have a lung disease. And it, he wore a costume that technologically enhanced his natural charisma to the point of mind control. Amazing. Oh, and my so God, So he's I the world's that. most charismatic king Hobo. of hobos. <laughs> uh, also, at one point, he became uh, immortal. This is like my, this is like my dream D&D character. It's, he's it's a, have so he's much amazing. charisma, I can control people. But also be a hobo. Yes. That's how no one suspects you. Exactly. They'd expect you to be like the highest echelon society, but no, 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 no. You're floating through. Yeah. Uh, then we have Queen, Mona Taylor, who was originally a Broadway star whose career was destroyed by her ongoing alcoholism. Um, and she wielded a scepter that cast realistic illusions. Uh, and then so she also carried around like the little wrist shooters, kind of like the ones that Jack has. Yeah. Jack, name unknown, was originally a gigolo. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Who became a fugitive after inadvertently killing a client while attempting to steal her jewelry. And he wielded an energy sword. And at some point, a character named the Gambler replaced Jack's left eye with a cybernetically activated laser weapon, making him literally a one-eyed Jack. God damn it. Uh, and also, when he got the laser eye, it initially impacted his sanity for a bit, as all things do. Yeah, of course. Uh, Ten was Wanda Wayland. Great name. Uh, she was a test pilot who was fired for refusing her employer's sexual advances. 
Good old 70s. And she wore a costume with energy blasters in the gloves, and she has enhanced reflexes and carries exploding playing cards. Um, I'm, I'm surprised that they don't all carry exploding ca- playing cards. You'd think they would. You'd yeah. think that would just be a shtick for all of them. And then, of course, Ace was a super strong android uh, who originally was in the form of an African-American man, which I'm pretty sure that was not handled with tact when they did it. I'm, yeah. I think it's pretty much guaranteed that comics of the 60s did not do that very well not at all um mm, no 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 so but is that not the most bizarre that's collection amazing of backstories and powers that you've ever heard of in your well, entire I mean, life it's the 60s so it's it's at the point where dc is like trying their best to keep up with marvel who are now just humanizing everyone yeah and like oh we know who reads our comics hobos and drunks <laughs> and, and one-eyed people and we can know, relate to our audience. You know what? I, I hope that in some weird alternative dimension, the superhero film craze started in the 60s, and we got a royal flesh gang starring the Rat Pack. That would have been amazing. I would have loved that <laughs> so much. That just would have been the greatest thing ever. Uh, and you absolutely know they would have made um, Sammy Davis Jr. play Jack because he had a glass eye. Yeah, Absolutely. And I mean, Sinatra has to play King because of course there's no other choice. Yeah. Um, who would have, who would have, we need a queen who would have played queen. I mean, that would have been after Marilyn Monroe, right? No, no, it's would have been around her time. When did she die? Um, I feel like she would have been 10 though. Probably. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, or Audrey Hepburn would have been 10. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, I think, I know. I think cause she doesn't have the like, I don't remember Hepburn ever playing like <laughs> like the what is it we learned in improv? You have the the, the high status character. The high, I feel oh like yeah, she never played a high yeah. status character. Um, no, I think it would have been. Wait, how? When did Judy Garland die? Uh, late sixties, early seventies. I think she would have been Queen, the former Broadway star whose career was ruined by alcoholism. Yeah, mm, right yeah. on the nose. Yeah, Julie Garden Garland there, and then yeah, let's say let's say either Marilyn Monroe or Audrey Hepburn as as ten. Yeah. Uh, I want to see that movie now. I absolutely uh, want to see someone make that. Um, we have the technology to bring people to bring anyone back from the. That's true. Dead. That's true. We can yeah, just sixty nine. We can yeah passed. do Graham Mop Tarkin style on this one. Just recreate yeah. all of them. <laughs> I'm I'm so on board. Uh, but yeah, so they're they're the aristocrats of crime, and beyond just the fantastic dynamic they have, of course, ten is Terry's version of Selena Kyle. Mm-hmm. Like, he breaks up with Dana for a hot second, and then they meet... For, yeah, hold on. Let's talk about how shitty Terry is as a person. He kind of is. To break up with Dana, and minutes later... Oh, oh, we'll give I, him an I, hour. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defend him a little bit. I'm going to be a little bit of devil's advocate here. All right, all right. Uh, they are hanging out. He and Melanie are hanging out for probably a few hours mm-hmm. and she kisses him first. Yeah. Right. And he's just so emotionally distraught. He just needs, he needs like a buddy. He needs not a buddy. He needs like someone who gets him. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen, uh, the Richard Linklater trilogy, the before movies? No. Okay. So yeah. So before sunrise, before sunset, before midnight, Terry and Melanie have their like, before sunrise little story there okay literally like they hang out all night until the sun comes up mm-hmm. it's like well, I, yeah I, I vaguely know because it's 
the first movie they get married. The second movie is no. So it's oh. uh, it's Ethan Hawke and Julia Delpy, and they meet on a train in Austria, and they are both <laughs> traveling by themselves, and they decide they're going to spend the day hanging out. Okay, and then I, it's not really kind of spoilers, but the movie ends with them saying, "Hey." This was this amazing experience. Let's meet up again a year from now oh, in this okay. exact spot. And then the next movie was 10 years later, and we learn what happened for both of them mm-hmm. between that time period. And then the third film is another 10 years after that. And at that point, they're they're married, and we kind of get more of their story. Okay. But so, I mean, like, the dynamic between the two of them must have been influenced by those movies. Yeah. Uh, well, at least the first one, because the second one came out in 2003. So, mm-hmm. but but probably the first one, because it's it's absolutely all right there. Let's, let's meet again tomorrow, under the clock, at midnight, sort of thing. But I I like their dynamic. I mean, I, I feel bad that Dana's just kind of dismissed. And well, I mean, she has, you know, a robot, ter- not a robot, ter- she has a, an orphan Terry. That's true. <laughs> it's actually two orphan Terries in a trench coat. Oh, even, oh my God, amazing. And a wig. <laughs> like Terry, why your arms got really long? This is the last time I saw you. Oh no, Dan, I just don't know. Well, also, I also really hope that Terry has no idea this is going on. Oh, he has no clue. Yeah, he's like, I don't remember taking that test. I don't remember taking Dana out to the <laughs> the sock hop. Yeah, I was with Mr. Wayne that night. It's like I had the best night with you last night. What? Uh, sure. sure. What? What? Hmm. Get to the bottom of this. Don't question it. As Batman, he'll do. He's now a detective. He, can he is now a detective. Yeah. But also, when when they get reunited uh, in the rain, like they're both late to show up for their date, is that not like the most 90s moment ever? It's so, it's like, so bad. What, who, what actress is she supposed to look like? Is She looks like someone I can't quite place it. I mean, it would have been. It's the, like a, I mean, I think she's supposed to be. Like a teenage, um, who was new got male, who was always opposite of Tom Hanks. Meg Ryan. Yeah, I can, like, an, yeah. Like, a, like a teenage Meg Ryan. I can see that a little bit. I was thinking Brittany Murphy a little bit with kind of like the curly blonde hair. Who was that again? Brittany Murphy. So she, oh, she was, um, <laughs> uh, what's the character's name from Clueless, the friend? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. And she did like, um. Just married with Ashton Kutcher, mm-hmm. and she was like, you know, kind of that like uh, the little oh, black book. Oh, you know who I think it is? Hmm. It's um, oh god, you had me at hello, uh, uh, Renee Zellweger from oh, you from, know what? Uh, Jerry Maguire. You're That's right. exactly what yeah. she is. Yep, it's definitely based off of Renee Zellweger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like even the music they played. Pre-surgery. Pre- yeah, she looks good now though. She looks good. Uh, but even that moment, like the music they played there, it didn't remind me of a '90s movie so much, but it feels very. Um, well, it's Top like, Gun. Like, do you, you you've seen Top Gun, right? Yeah. So the scene, like the the sex scene between I, Tom Cruise and Kelly LeBrock. I don't doesn't remember. Doesn't remember. But like the music they play there, totally is just like the music in that. Well, scene. I'm trying to think. What's the like the stereotypical sound effect in cartoons, where it's like the da 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 da. That was horribly off pitch. Yes. <clears throat> but you you, no no no. What I'm talking about? No, I don't know. What you're talking about um, either. Cartoon <laughs> kiss song. What? What? It, it plays in everything. It does? Uh, it, it did. It was like a very like late 90s to mid 2000s. 
Okay, and I'm gonna was, I'm gonna let you figure that out. I'm I'm just gonna. It's keep gonna on. drive me crazy. That I'm not gonna. It's gonna find keep this. on talking, but yeah. So you know, Terry kind of pushes back on Bruce, and he's like, "I need one night off. One night won't make a difference." And Bruce responds back with, "No, one night makes all the difference." Yeah. Right? I mean, that's what happened to his parents. What happened to to Terry's dad? It's there's someone out there whose life will be ruined because Batman's not on mm-hmm. duty, and that's that's where Bruce and Terry differentiate on the whole thing. Um, but. Yeah, Ten's family tells her, like, oh, you can't see this boy. You know, he doesn't belong in the family. You got to get rid of him. So then she calls Terry and basically breaks up with him. And he uses, like, that weird GCPD terminal to stalk stalk her. her. Yeah. I have so many questions about that. One, what is that? Is that supposed to be, like, the modern version of a police call box, which, as far as I know, only existed in the 50s from Doctor Who era, like, British television? Like, is that supposed to be a terminal where the GCPD can go and, like, run information on people well i mean this is pre-gps right well it's pre-gps but it's like not quite pre-internet like the internet's around at this point yeah but internet was still hardwired i guess i guess and so there wasn't really wireless yeah anything i mean i I guess but there were cell phones yeah there were cell phones and i guess phone booths were kind of on the way out but like that felt like a a a version of a phone booth i i saw it as like a it's like a you know, a computer okay. that, that is just in public, so you didn't have yeah. to go back to the office but to trace the But specifically for the GCPD. Yeah. It's, like, marked up at the top. And I guess Terry has, like, a secret access card that allows him to get access to it because then the little Batman Beyond logo pops up. I'm like, this all seems very suspect, mm-hmm. all very weird. I, I think I would have been sold if... I mean, I, I liked it, but I think at the bottom they could have had, like, the Wayne Powers logo mm. just to be like, oh, yeah, obviously. This yeah, is- that he would like, infiltrated that technology to help him track people and... It's just it's a weird it's a weird plot device, but it gets him to the hotel where he discovers that yeah ten is in fact. I, I Melanie. hope that that like every every person that helped build that call box has like a secret back door to it. Yeah, oh, so, yeah. Like like you know Bruce or Terry can slide in the bat car and the bat logo pops up. The Lucius Power, box. Yeah, Powers can slide in his card. Luther. And, yeah, Luther pops up. Ted Cord. <clears throat> yeah. Maxwell Lord. Everyone has their own. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Their own sneaky system into it. Yeah. Yeah. They all need it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's like the, the big fight there at the end and Melanie gets arrested. It, sad, yeah. Sad face. Um, but I mean, I, I did like that they gave Terry a chance to have that sort of storyline. And I love how it ends too. It's like, oh, did this sort of thing ever happen to you? And, Bruce getting a little smile like, oh. Let me tell you a story about Selena Kyle. Selena Kyle. Oh, man. One that got away mm-hmm. multiple times. Yes. Yeah. It's it's fun. And, and again, these are recurring characters, too, um, which makes them interesting. I'm, I'm, I always love to see them return. And I also loved when they kind of, like, retconned that in the DCAU, the Royal Flush Gang started with Cadmus and the Joker when we get to the Justice League, too. Yeah. So it's really cool. Plus, the Royal Flush Gang gives us Ace. Probably the best moment in all of... Oh, man, the most in, heartbreaking moment. Yeah, all of the DCAU, which we'll get to eventually. What I also love is... um, So they go over the history of the Royal Flush Gang, or, like, their version of the history of the Royal Flush Gang, where they talk about it's a family. It's always in the family. Yeah. Um, They're aristocrats of crime. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then you... um, You hear the argument of both sides, which I think is really cool, of the dad penalizing uh, Melanie, of, like, how could you... Like we can't mess up. We do what we have. We, we do what we do. Family comes first. Mm-hmm. All the, like the money comes first, 
And then she, you know, she brings up the other side of it. Like, well, you're putting all of us at risk because you're letting Batman interfere with our work. Yeah. And she is as well and just doesn't know it. Yeah. And I, I love that. It's great. Mm-hmm. They're both endangering me familia. With the same person. With the same person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's a great. There's all the dynamics here in this are really really good. The history mm-hmm. between King and and Bruce, and I'm curious, I don't know, maybe Maddie knows this, where that was supposed to fall. Because I think even in epilogue, um, Amanda Waller makes a reference to being multiple iterations of the Royal Flush Gang. Yeah. So clearly, at a certain point, it <laughs> went from being a collection of disparate criminals to a family like took over that moniker and ran with it. Yeah. And that would have had to have happened at least 20 plus years before this for it to have been Bruce going up against King. Maybe he was like Jack at the time or something like that. That, that was my thought was he was yeah. Jack before. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was. Or maybe like it was, yeah, a, a different iteration of the whole family. But um, yeah, I'm curious where that is supposed to have fallen in the, the timeline, but mm-hmm. I would imagine probably towards the end of Bruce's career as Batman. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, yeah, they were so good. They were so fun to watch. It was fun watching uh, Terry have to fight like five criminals with different abilities. Yeah, kind of thing on his feet. Him having to make the sacrifice twice mm-hmm. of like you can either or three times, I guess. Oh yeah, because because like... the Royal Flush Game knows Batman's greatest weakness is putting others before the villains. Yeah, so it's like the woman on the side of the boat. It's the security guard, um, and then it's ten. It's ten. Yeah, at the end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I, this, I, you know, I think part of the problem with making a Batman Beyond feature film is it's hard to figure out who to draw off the rogues gallery. I think especially with that first film. Yeah. Because the problem is, for Batman Beyond, you would absolutely have to do an intro. You have to do an origin story because you mm-hmm. have to explain why this isn't Bruce Wayne. You have to give this context. And I think it becomes challenging to figure out who you slip into that role. You could do Blight, but that only kind of works so well. I, I just don't know if you would be a good on-screen villain. I think the Royal Flush Gang would make for a great Batman Beyond sequel. Yeah. Because I think then you also bring in this idea of Terry's personal life conflicting with his career as Batman. Mm-hmm. With the 10 sort of character, you you have the idea of him and Dana being on the rocks. How does he balance the two? Like, all the stuff you need here for a really good second Batman Beyond film is in this episode. Yeah, it's interesting that you brought up, like, first villains. Because there was a great video essay I watched this week uh, by a new a new person I found named Patrick Williams. And I'm going to plug another one of the, okay. another one of his videos in Bat Plugs. Uh, but he did a video about how to do Fantastic Four right. Oh, that'd be cool. And it was a it was a great video. And one of his bi- he basically had four points mm-hmm. of like don't do an origin did. story. Uh, have it be either in the title sequence or in or just like in the first minute mm-hmm. because he talks about how origin stories only work when they affect the characters. Yeah. But with fantastic four before, before they got their powers, they were genius adventurers, you know, doing good. Yeah. They're already kind of doing that same sort yeah, of shit. Anyways. After the power. Yeah. They, they're still genius adventurers doing good. Yeah. Now just with powers. Yeah. It's so like, you don't need the origin story. It doesn't change them at all. Minus the physical changes. Right. Um, his second point, and I think his biggest point was, don't start with Doom. Doom no, is too yeah. big of a villain. Like, when he was talking about it, I'm like, yeah, make him the Thanos. Mm-hmm. Like, give give three or four movies where he's kind of this overarching villain. Because he talks about in the comics, like, as evil as he is, Doom, Doctor Doom is, like, the greatest villain of Marvel. Mm-hmm. Because he's 
he's right. Like he runs a country that, and, and kind of, I did, the, I made the parallel to, to, um, um, not doomsday, uh, God, who runs apocalypse. I feel bad. I dark side, dark side. Thank yeah. you. Or dark side is a little different. Cause dark side, his, his kind of planet sees him as a God, not as a, not as like a King. Yeah. Um, but with, uh, with dooms, not doom. God damn it. Dr. Doom. With Dr. Doom on, uh, what's his, what's his country? Latveria. Latveria. Um, uh, like they're a prosperous country. Yeah. Like they're not poor. They don't hate the king. No. Like they, like he, he is ruling that well. Yeah. And there was a, a story arc that I forgot which one it was because you know I'm giving you the, the bare bones details <laughs> of this, uh, where he does rule like he becomes a god and rules the world, and does like a fine job. Does with a pretty it. good job with it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it makes you really think like is he in the wrong? Because he it, it's very similar to Superman Red Sun. Oh where, yeah. Uh, Superman does rule, and everything is good. Yeah, everything's better, but it's just, like, it's rule through, like, absolute control, but in doing so, like, it, it is prosperous and successful. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think Doom's a super interesting character. I, I'd love to see them <laughs> find a way to bring in both the Fantastic Four and then Doom into the MCU. I, I think he's one of those villains that could be consequential enough to follow up, like, a Thanos. Yeah, The oh, stakes would be very, very different, but I, I think, too... After Thanos, I think you'd start going smaller again mm-hmm. and making it more personal. Yeah. Um, and I think he would be a really great introduction there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he just hasn't been. I, I never saw Fan Forstick. Um, and he just wasn't. <laughs> How dare you? I know. And he just wasn't good. And I, I think that's a misconception from the studios back in the day was that you have to do the, the biggest comic book villain first. <laughs> Because yeah. it's pretty consistently that was always the case. Like the first Batman movie, he goes up against Joker. the Joker. Even Spider Man, he's going up against Green, Green Goblin, Goblin. X Men, and Magneto. Um, you know, I think there's something to be said about not going there. That's I mean, one of the benefits that Batman Begins had was they couldn't hit a lot of the the major characters. They had to go for smaller ones, and in doing so, it worked really well. Yeah. And when you bring in then the big hitters on the second or third film, I think that lands. Same with with Spider Man, the yeah. new Spider Man, like Homecoming. You you had Vulture. Vulture, which he was no great. One knows. And, yeah, yeah, and I, I think Mysterio. I think is the rumor for the next. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's well. confirmed because it's Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh yeah, the once potential Spider-Man is now playing Spider-Man villain, which yeah. I think is pretty fun. Um, yeah, I think that's a smarter mm-hmm. way to go. I mean, Marvel has done that to some degree. Like, obviously, Cap went up against Red Skull. But that's kind of necessary. Same with Thor and Loki. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can you can have a little bit of variety in there too, mm-hmm. and it works pretty well. Uh, I think his other two points. They were they were quick points. It was. Um, Treat them as a family. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everyone always talks about how The Incredibles is the best Fantastic Four film we've gotten. Yeah. And it's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and it's because they never treat them like a family unit, because that's what they are. It's Reed's the dad, Sue's the mom, and then um, Human Torch and Thing are just like... Ben and Johnny. Yeah, are just bickering brothers. Yeah. And that's, that's how it has to be. They kind of got that in the very first movie, and then it kind of slipped a little bit in the second one. And then yeah. in Fan 4 Stick, it just was not there at all. It was not there, yeah. Because they were all just, like, friends. We're all just teenagers. Yeah. Sexy, moody teenagers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so you have to get that family dynamic in there. And then um, they're, they're fucking adventurers. Yeah. And they have yet to travel anywhere in a Fantastic Four movie. Well, didn't they go to, like, an alternative dimension in Fan 4 Stick? They went into the negative zone. Okay, yeah. yeah. For a minute. Yeah, a lot of that Where was, it was boring and gray and oh, rocky. Oh, okay, yeah. A lot of that was taken from the Fantastic Four, Ultimate Fantastic Four comics. Yeah. Which are pretty good, actually. Mm-hmm. I've only read a few of the first volumes, but they're, they're pretty solid. Yeah. 
But yeah, no, that's a good way to go. And I, I mean, along those lines, like I think there's a very particular way you would have to do a Batman Beyond film. I hope to see it someday. I've always always had my ideas, but they're not worth saying here. Not right now. We should do. We should make a list of our our most anticipated DC films. Ooh, that would be a good minisode. Yeah. In comparison to the list of what's already been announced and killed, (laughs) all the movies they're going to force upon us. Yeah, because I'd I'd like to know if you'd rather have. Batman Beyond or a Nightwing movie. Oh, well, that's a, wor- a conversation worth having. It is. Uh, for a future episode. Exactly. Do you have any other thoughts on Dead Man's Hand on the uh, Royal Flush Gang? Oh, here? there was a... Uh, they, they do this throughout the series, but I, I had just noticed it in this episode. Mm-hmm. They even do it in the intro. Um, but I love what they do with lights in club scenes. Oh, yeah. They just go back and forth between different primary colors. Uh, no. I mean, yes. But they go with... Um, color opposites so to make them stand out even more they do have the flashing lights in the background that are just flipping two random colors yeah but whoever the main characters are so usually dana and and uh terry Mm -hmm. they're always flashing the con the the contrast colors over the back so that makes them stand out even more i never noticed that yeah yeah because when i first saw it i thought it was just they were flipping in reverse Mm -hmm. i'm like no they're green and yellow and the background is red and orange oh, that's cool and i'm like oh that's cool that that's a really smart way yeah to like still give it that club feel mm-hmm. and it's almost like of their version of a spotlight yeah oh, clever girls <coughs> yeah but that was <coughs> too much all that i saw oh okay um let's do i want to do a quick little notes from friends section here cool. I, don't, I don't have much in terms of bat plugs um so how oh, does it Oh, um, I just want to do like a, a, some artist shout-outs, actually, kind of in the vein of um, doing notes from friends. But it's like Paul Hill is always sending us lovely messages, and he's always tagging us on his drawings he's been putting up on Instagram. He's been doing some DCAU-themed ones. He did like this beautiful penguin mm-hmm. recently. I don't know if you saw some of those, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to include him in the show notes because go check out his stuff. It's absolutely <laughs> incredible. And then um, uh, another artist, Travis Fay, too wise in the end, he commented on how much he loves your artwork. Oh, thank you so from, much. Uh, from the Ink episode, which is really beautiful. And he does these cool kind of like, um, not quite abstract, but like like heightened cartoony characters. A lot of DC, a lot of Marvel and stuff. He's really great. Um, and then there is another Batman Beyond podcast. So it's... What? I always have the hardest time saying it. It's above and Batman Beyond. Okay. Uh, yeah, but from Benjamin David. And uh, we're going to try and do a crossover thing with him at some point Ooh. if we can. Yeah, no, his, I was listening to... Uh, his episode today with James from the DCA Watchtower, but he does a whole bunch of interviews with like Dan Jurgens, Adam Beechin, who are writers in the Batman comics. He does some of the voice actors. He talks with like toy companies, Diamond Select, and other like toy collectors and stuff like that. So yeah, really cool interviews. And we're gonna be way more boring than the rest of the people <laughs> he talks with. But we're gonna try to get that set up at some point. I, w- I cool. wouldn't say. I think I'm gonna say we're th- we're gonna be the most off topic. We have topics. No, okay, that's the good. point. Yeah. Good. He's going to try and talk to us about Batman, and we're going to end up talking about... <laughs> James Bond and My Hero in Academia. James Bond and Kickball on the Moon. Yes. Uh, oh, and then uh, last week we were talking about how... We were talking about like, the Disney cartoons, mm-hmm. and Maddie pointed out that Lilo and Stitch are the glue of all the Disney crossovers. 
because they crossed over with the Proud family with Reese's. That's right. With, Reese, not, with, with Reese's. Reese's peanut butter cups. Yes. That were eaten during recess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Kim Possible and American Dragon Jake Long. Like, they popped up in all of those. I had no fucking clue. Yes, because they were the best. Yeah. Also, American Dragon Jake Long is so good. That's it's one that's, of my favorites. That's what I've heard. Uh, and then also, Little Romeo is the crossover point between the Disney cartoons and the DCAU. Because I guess he shows, he voices a character in Static Shock. Oh, he, like, okay. Voices, like, Sorry. a friend who You're dresses up about... like Static. The, <clears throat> yeah. So on, on Nickelodeon, he had his own show yeah. called Little Romeo. Was it, wasn't that his uh, the actor's name, too? Yes. Yeah, because yeah. it's, it's Puff Daddy's own, kid. Yeah, he had his own show. But then also, he was a he's a voice member in the Proud family, too. He's like a voice cast in that. I think so. Yeah. So he like he's a crossover point. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure him and like Phil Lamar and tons of other people as well. Yeah. But uh, I was excited to see that pointed out. So thanks, Maddie. Thank you, Maddie. Yeah. Um, but then what are your bat plugs? Oh, man. Cameron. Um, Sticking with my rom-com thing from la- theme from last week, I watched uh, To All the Boys I Loved Before on I, Netflix. How was it? I've heard it's good adorable. things. It's adorable. I've heard really good things. It's, it's a really good, like, it, it hits all of the rom-com tropes, but it still makes you feel really warm on the inside. Okay. Uh, I'm writing this down. It was, it was a really fun, fun watch. Okay. Um, and then, oh, excuse me, everyone knows that, like, I'm a... I'm a sucker for kind of the King Arthur movies. The <clears throat> the guy I plugged before, Patrick Williams, yeah. he has another great video essay about, it's called Robin Hood, King Arthur, and Hollywood's Problem with Public Domain Properties. Oh, and interesting. It's, it's fascinating. He talks about, um, like, knowing a property versus being a fan of a property and how Hollywood yeah. doesn't really understand the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and talking about the, like, he focuses mainly on King Arthur and Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's talking about how there hasn't been like an authentic version of these stories since the eighties. Yeah. And for King Arthur, it's the seven, it was like 78 was mm-hmm. when Excalibur came out. Okay. And Robin Hood, it was 91 with, um, King of Thieves. Well, I'm sorry. Was he referencing Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves as an that accurate one, version? An accurate uh, version? Not of Robin accurate, Hood's? but like it, it sticks to the story. Because oh, okay. the Robin Hoods we've had since then are all twists. And same with the King Arthur. Yeah. It's all origins and twists. Yeah. And then he talks about the future ones. Because I, I guess the video came out before last year's King Arthur movie. Oh, okay. Um, oh, God, yeah. Yeah. And then, no, it came out after that uh, because he talks about that. And then he talks about the Robin Hood that's about to come oh, out. Oh, the Taron Edgerton one. Yeah. It does not look good. Yeah. And he, he brings up, like, how the movie's always kind of just piggyback off of what's popular so the last robin hood king arthur we had was right after gladiator Mm -hmm. and it's taking like the realism of gladiator like the real grittiness of gladiator and putting it on that and how king arthur and the robin hood that's about to come out were superhero origins 100 percent uh and because they're obviously picking back off of the the success of our movies the ones that we make. Yes, we personally make them ourselves. Yeah. But only the good ones. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. Um, and it's cool. It's a really, it's a really cool watch. That's really interesting. Because he brings up a few other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and does and then, he, hmm? does he also mention that the some of the best versions of both those properties were done by Disney? I was going to say, yeah, he does bring up the Disneyfication of them. Yeah. Because like, he also talks about Alice in Wonderland and Jungle Book mm-hmm. and Tarzan. Yeah. Um, which Disney is clearly... Done all of those. Done all of them. Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, but like, the Disney Robin Hood gave us that that sweet little melody. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, that one, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he also brings up, like, he talks about, like, it gives kids, like, the most recognizable version of Robin Hood and also a weird fascination with the sexuality of foxes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I'm on board. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was a great, it was like a, a super interesting look into that world and yeah. how like Ooh. we haven't really had a great version of that story in a while. No. Oh, I to check oh. that out. Yeah. Oh, and then one, he's like, oh, and the most successful Robin Hood, Robin Hood we've had in the past 15 years was his cameo in Shrek. And I'm like, oh yeah. shit. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he talks about that. And then the, the best King Arthur story we've had in the past 10 years was actually the one in the intro of Transformers. <laughs> He's like, yeah, that's the only one where we actually get King Arthur and Excalibur and Lady in the Lake and all of the the Knights of the Round Table. Yeah. And we haven't had that in 20 years. So go watch the first, like, 20 minutes. I think it's honestly the first, like, eight minutes. Go watch the first eight minutes yeah. of Transformers The Last Night? The Lost Night? The Lost Night, I want to say. Mm, doesn't matter, does it? No, really. No. The rest of the movie's terrible. Don't bother with it. I have not watched it. <laughs> I refuse. And if I haven't watched it, yeah. that shows how low. Right, how, just how low that bar is. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw the third one. The third one was the last one I was watched. I watched it, like, on Netflix. Which one was that? That was, so Dark, was Dark of the Moon. Dark, was that the third one? Yeah, Revenge of the Fallen was the second one. That's Dark right, of the Moon. thank yeah, you. Dark yeah. of the Moon was, like, they were trying to, like, teleport Cybertron to Earth. Yeah, I, 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 I remember know. watching that one. I don't Because I have not know. watched four or five. I haven't watched yeah, the, I haven't. the dinosaur or the... No, I haven't yeah, bothered right. with the, the Mark Wahlberg one. <laughs> Yeah. What's the point? I'm only in it for Shia. It's just <laughs> support him through and through. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What are you watching, listening, listening, watching, listening, uh, reading? I only really have one plug this week, and I went and saw the Happy Time Murders last night. Oh, right. I also saw Happy Time Murders. Well, I forgot you about saw that. It. Yeah. I what did you, you think have, of it? I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Like, I, it's not, I'm not going to say it's great, no. but. You know, it it fits my definition of a good movie. It knew what it wanted to be, and I think it basically succeeded at it. It was just raunchy as fuck, and I was just constantly surprised and laughing yeah. all the way through it. It's like a, it's a super raunchy Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the, the octopus jerking off the, the cow and just all, all kinds of just, like, crazy, crazy stuff. And, you know, it's, it's definitely one of those movies that the plot doesn't really quite make sense, but it doesn't matter. Like, the plot is just there as a series of setups. Yeah. Um, and I, I can kind of give or take Melissa McCarthy. It depends on the, on the movie. I liked her a lot in this. I was fine with her in this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought she was really funny. I thought everyone was really they, funny. They do it, the, actually. was it cruel intentions? Is that the, uh, the movie they, they parody? It's not, no, it's not, um, cruel intentions. It's, uh, Fatal Attraction. That one, yeah. yes. The, and, the Sharon oh, Stone yes, scene. I fucking loved that. That was so, so funny. Yeah. It's, it's good. Mm -hmm. It's really funny. I, I think it's worth a watch. Absolutely. I think you have to be a fan of raunchiness, and you have to be a fan of raunchiness in unexpected places. Yeah. There was, there was a guy behind me that almost ruined the movie for me, because he was one of those, like, laugh out loud at every single moment of the movie. Yeah. But I'm like, it's not that funny yeah like like loud laughing he's yeah. by himself oh no 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 yeah and i'm like it's like it's not that funny we, we, we've talked about this but an over laugher in a comedy is the only thing worse than that is an over crier in a superhero film yeah which we've had multiple times mm. oh my god we uh, have it multiple times yeah he was fucking ant-man mm-hmm this girl's like shocked at the very end. Like, did you not see the last movie? Did you not think they were, you, th you thought they were safe? But, oh, God damn it. Yeah. 
Um, That'll be another mini episode we do is us just bitching about movies. Yeah. <laughs> going um, to them. Yeah, he, he started calming down like a okay. third of the way to the movie. Okay, good. Um, but yeah, it's fun. Mm-hmm. We're seeing. I, it's not doing great at the box office, sadly. It, it's getting just It's getting pummeled. ripped apart in, in reviews. Yeah, it's getting ripped apart in reviews. It's getting pummeled at the box office by Crazy Rich Agents, which I haven't seen. I really want to. Still amazing. I've heard it's great. Um, I would love to see more stuff like this, though. Yeah. You know, it was different. It, and I think it was successful at being different. So I, I hope we get more stuff like it. But it probably like another decade before we see anything similar to it. Yeah. But well, the last time we had anything like this was Team America. Team America, yeah. Which, which actually was did really well. And I think... Like 2006? Something like that, yeah. And that <coughs> probably had the benefit of also coming from Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Yeah. Because those guys are just geniuses. But I think this is still really solid. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's great, too, because it's Brian Henson, like the same guy who does like all the other Muppet movies. Yeah. Making this, which is fucking great. Yeah. And I love the uh, and the credits, too. They like do a little bit behind-the-scenes stuff of showing you what it looks I like. I love that. It's so... When it's, the hump machine breaks. Yes. That was... <laughs> well, but, and are you, even just to see that... Clearly, the puppeteers were improvising. Yeah, which is amazing when you think about it. Yeah, it it uh, it's so good. It's good That's after it. finally meeting a puppeteer. Like, oh, I right, have such yeah. a bigger appreciation for that art. Yeah, it's an incredible art form. Mm-hmm. It's he's super talented to do that. Yeah, they, these are like the most talented puppeteers, pretty much out there. They're all and they're all just having people. sex with their puppets. I love it. It's so good, <laughs> especially the foxes. Yeah. Oh man, those oh, foxes. Oh, those foxes. Um. Yeah. Is good. that it? Are we calling we're it? Good. I think we're calling it. All right. Yeah. I'm ready to go back to bed. Drag this out long enough. Um. But yeah, if you want to write in and talk to us about any and all things Batman, or frankly anything other than really Batman, anything, yeah, that's the vast majority of what we do here. Or if you, you know what, write into us. I'd love to hear other people's um movies for the the fanfare. What's your movie that oh, you like? Yeah. You th- always think of at the end of some of those fanfares. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, like Fox, Universal, Warner Brothers, all of them. I, I think it's such a curious thing. Um, great suggestion, Cameron. Yeah. Great suggestion. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So if you want to write in and tell us uh, what those are for you, you can find us at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail. Uh, yes. I would recommend Instagram as the best way to communicate with us because that's the one I check the most. Mm, and sometimes I read it too. And sometimes Cameron reads it too. Uh, and then if you want to reach out to me, I am at Lordifer on Instagram and Twitter. And then you can also find my other podcast, Gay It Forward, uh, at Gay It Forward on Instagram. Yeah. And on iTunes. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Got to record another one of those soon. Uh, you can find uh, me if you want to see my art. You can find it at Cameron.Dexter. If you want to see my face, you can find it at CamDexter underscore Adventures. Uh, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be going back to Disneyland soon, the two of us. Which yeah. Which we, we haven't done in a long time. Which means so. a lot more photos. Yeah, so mostly on Cameron's, but yeah. a little bit on mine. I'm trying to get better about that. <laughs> trying to get better. Still failing. It's all right. But anyways... I think that's it. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Bye.